Welcome to the serialized audiobook The Cara Files, File 1, The Chase, written and read by the author Tony Warner. File 1, The Chase is the first book in the Cara Files series. All of the Cara Files books are available to purchase from Amazon in both Kindle and paperback formats. Simply visit your Amazon store and search for The Cara Files. Chapter 6 When Cara awoke, she was momentarily disorientated and couldn't remember where she was. She stared up at the discoloured ceiling covered in spider webs and loose strips of plaster hanging down. Then it all came back to her suddenly and she couldn't stop herself from crying out, May! Meijing didn't answer, but something did. From the bottom of the bed came snorts and grunts. Lifting her head, Kara was shocked to see the creature lying with all of its legs curled under it, its two black beady eyes staring at her. Despite its ugliness, Kara was pleased to see it. She sat up and held out a hand. The creature jumped up and crawled up the bed to place its flat head under her hand. Well, boy, how did you get back? Where did you go? The creature didn't answer. It rubbed its head under her hand, grumbling and grunting, clearly enjoying the attention. Kara relaxed. The white soldier with the red eyes was gone, and the creature was back. You know, I'm going to have to give you a name. The black eyes closed as it moved its head back and forth, its grunts connecting together and becoming a bit like a purring cat. Are you a boy or a girl, I wonder, Kara mused. There was no answer. Instead, the creature folded its legs underneath it as it settled close to Kara's side with its head in her lap. How about Helga? Or Millicent, she asked. Millicent von Killian? She smiled to herself at the ridiculousness of her idea. It sort of sounds like you're from somewhere exotic, like Austria or Denmark or something. She continued scratching its head. What do you think? Would you like to be a Millie, even if you're a boy? The creature blinked its eyes as it looked up at her adoringly. Kara nodded. Millicent it is then, she pronounced. She swung her legs over the side of the bed and shuddered as she recalled last night's events. Eventually, she had recovered enough to be able to pick herself up from the hallway with May's encouragement, she had dragged herself up the stairs and fell into a single bed, pulling the thin, warm blanket over her. She curled up into a ball and had eventually fallen asleep with May whispering and singing softly to her. Did you run out to make that soldier thing chase you instead of coming after me? She asked Millie. Millie Millie grunted and jumped off the bed. It ran to the door, turned and looked at Kara expectantly. Kara looked at her watch, 9.30. She was not surprised. That was quite an event last night, and she'd been injured the day before. She brought up her fingers to her forehead and felt the band-aid. It was a bit sore, but that was all, and a headache had gone. Her back was stiff, though, which she found out as soon as she stood and stretched. OK, Millie, what's for breakfast? she asked. Millie just looked at her. Kara sighed and followed Millie down the stairs. Her backpack was still in the hallway, most of the contents still scattered on the floor where she had left them. She retrieved her little camp stove with her mess kit and took them into the kitchen. None of the appliances in the kitchen worked, both the gas and the electric were off, 
so she heated a can of soup using her tiny camp stove. Not strictly breakfast food, but there was nothing else. After the soup, she heated some water and made a mug of instant coffee. While drinking, she lit a cigarette and double-checked all of the drawers and cupboards for anything else that she might have missed from the previous day that could be useful. Clearly, she was going to have to walk to the complex. She doubted that she would find a car that would run, and even if she did, the roads were probably impassable, as May had said. But if she could walk 20 miles a day, it would probably take her about five days to get there. She had googled it before she would left home. It was 70 miles by road, so it might take her less than five days if she was able to take a more direct route across country. Of course, her phone was useless. There was no signal or Wi-Fi, and even if there was, she wouldn't be able to charge it. Nevertheless, she kept it in her pack, just in case. Kara couldn't find anything else useful. Once she had drunk all of her coffee, there was no putting it off. It was time to start on her journey once again. She put everything back in her backpack, changed her top for a t-shirt and donned the sunglasses that she had found yesterday. Hoisting the heavy pack onto her back and wincing at the pain, she walked through the front doorway and out into the sunshine. It was hot, very hot, and of course she had no sunblock with her, yet another thing she had forgotten. Come on Millie, she called as she started off. Millie obediently raced after her, her six legs moving in perfect unison. As she walked, Kara consulted the map and used her compass to ensure that she was going in the right direction. Even in the age of the internet, she had learned to read a map and to navigate. Her father had seen to that. He had been a big fan of geocaching when she was little. Geocaching involved navigating to different places to find small hidden caches. Usually, there were pieces of paper in each cache where you could sign your name to show that you'd successfully located it. Kara had loved it. Apart from spending time alone with her father, there was a sense of achievement whenever they located a new cache. As a result, she was an excellent map reader. In no time, she was past the large burnt area left by the flames from last night, and she struck out west, keeping away from the centre of town. As she walked, the grass grew shorter, and she could actually see patches of bare tarmac. Occasionally, she walked past abandoned cars. They were all rusted, many with flat tyres as the rubber had perished. Peering through open doors or windows, she saw nothing. There were no people, not even remains. What had happened in this world? Where were all the people? Had they left? There were plenty of animals. Twice she had seen a cat slinking away into the bushes, and there were many birds tweeting and singing, as well as the sounds of insects buzzing. She kept alert, wondering where the white soldier was. Had Millie attacked it? or had she merely led it away? It was hot, dry and still. Dry leaves and grass crunched underfoot, with dust and seeds being kicked up into the air as she walked. Soon she was sticky with sweat, the dust falling onto her bare arms, making them itchy. All around, along the road, the buildings towered up with their empty black windows staring down at her, many of which were broken, but all were dark and foreboding. Somehow the lack of people made things worse, she walked in the centre of the road to keep away from the emptiness of the houses and the shops. It wasn't long before she realised she'd made another mistake. She had no hat to protect her head from the sun, and her brand new walking boots were rubbing her feet, making them sore. She moved over to one side of the road into the shade of the buildings to keep out of the direct sunlight. All the while, Millie scampered alongside her. 
She was grateful for her presence. It would have been very lonely without her. After another hour of walking, she was exhausted. The sun was now directly overhead and there was no shade to be had anywhere. She was hot and sweating and her feet hurt. She couldn't go on like this. She had to rest and, more importantly, find a hat and some sunblock. Now in the town suburbs, there were no shops to raid. She should have found a clothing shop and a pharmacy while she was still in the town, but she'd wanted to get out. The dark, empty building scared her. Kara stopped at a randomly selected house and walked up its short front drive. The garden had been replaced with a parking space which was occupied by a Volkswagen Beetle resting on its wheel rims. The driver's drawer was open as though the driver had jumped out and had been too much of a hurry to close the door behind them. She peered inside. Empty. At the house she hoped that if the driver had been such a hurry then maybe they had left the front door unlocked. She twisted the handle and pushed and sure enough it opened with a squeal of hinges. Inside it was dark and musty. Dropping her pack in the hall, Kara wasted no time exploring. There were only two things she needed. She climbed the stairs cautiously in case the wood was rotten and went straight to the master bedroom. In no time she had found a baseball cap with New York blazoned on the front. In the kitchen she found a cupboard that was clearly used as a medicine cabinet. She retrieved more painkillers and a big tube of sunblock. Back in the hallway, she lifted her pack and dropped it just outside the front door. Sitting on it, she unlaced her boots and removed them with a huge sigh of relief. Millie watched her as Kara rubbed sunblock onto her arms and shoulders which were already burnt. It was going to hurt like hell tomorrow. Stretching out her legs, Kara drank half a bottle of water and then lit a cigarette, taking a long pull. So far, things had not gone well. She was ridiculously underprepared and overconfident. She thought it would be easy. Get into this world, find the complex, steal a portal generator and get to May. Simple. She was beginning to realise that it was not simple at all. Far from it. Millie watched as Kara blew out a plume of smoke into the hot, still air. She approached and sniffed. What's the matter, Millie? Never seen a cigarette before. Kara blew smoke into Millie's wide face. Millie grunted, wrinkled her pointy nose and backed away. She clearly didn't like the smoke. Kara grinned. You know, she continued to talk to Millie, I don't think you've seen a cigarette before, have you? She held out the cigarette towards the creature. Millie crept forward and sniffed at it and then backed away very quickly, making a series of short grunting noises that could have been coughs. Yep, yeah, you're right, sighed Kara. They're bad for you. I should give up. Might have to soon anyway unless I can find some more. She put the cigarette to her mouth and inhaled deeply. She looked around. All was still. Apart from the flies and the bees, there was no movement anywhere. Once again, she wondered where everyone had gone. It was a mystery. Still, in a way, it made her journey easy. She didn't need to explain anything to anyone. She didn't need to book into hotels. She didn't need to worry about answering any difficult questions and she didn't have to worry about bumping into a version of herself that lived in this world. She stubbed out her cigarette carefully, making sure it was out. She didn't want to start a fire. It was when she picked up one of her boots to put them on again that she noticed it. Across the road, inside the house opposite, were two red eyes staring directly at her through a downstairs window.
have been listening to The Cara Files, File 1, The Chase, by Tony Warner. Performed and produced by the author. Music for this episode is Lone Wolf by Guillerme Bernards. You can contact me on Facebook at Tony Warner Author or by sending an email to cywarbook at gmail.com. That's P-S-I War Book, all one word, at gmail.com. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, spread the word on your favourite social media platform and tune in for the next episode.